and welcome to another episode of the Snowy's Camping Show. You are here with Lauren and Ben as usual. And before we get stuck in, if you haven't subscribed already, wherever you listen to your podcast or if you're watching on YouTube, do that to make sure you don't miss another episode. Also jump onto the Snowy's Camping Show on Facebook and get involved in the conversation that we have around each episode and also future ones as well. So today we're talking about a topic that's near and dear to our hearts. Definitely. And it's fairly topical as well with the increase of new people into camping and outdoor adventuring over the last sort of 12 to 18 months as well. But it's leave no trace camping or zero waste camping. Basically, don't leave your trash around and clean up after yourself. And it's very frustrating when you rock up to certain campsites and you see that people haven't maybe left it the way that you would in in sort of your own personal preference with that side of things. But we're also aware that with the increase of people who are new to camping, that possibly there is sort of practices or codes or ethics around it that isn't maybe necessarily known um, or things that are assumed. Yeah, we mentioned that just before that we, we're quick to get angry or annoyed when there's mm. rubbish in the in the campsite, but maybe we should give some people the benefit of the doubt. And so yeah. maybe it's because there's a lot of people camping in today's day and age that weren't camping you know, a couple of years ago. It's, yep. it's a different lifestyle to many and maybe this isn't considered or understood as much. So yeah. I think maybe we'll take the approach that let's let's look at it from fresh eyes and, mm-hmm. and revisit the, um, you know. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's easy sort of to go into the whole, well, it's just common sense. But mm. I guess for a lot of people who haven't maybe grown up interacting with the environment and things like that or, or don't have a long history of camping, it might might not actually be common sense. Uh, yeah, let's let's assume that. Yeah. I think yeah, it's probably a good way about it. But there there is a set of principles called leave no trace that yep. you do see associated with many brands like what we've got in front of us here. There's a, a trash sack here that Cedar Summit make, and it's got this leave no trace outdoor ethics stamp on it. And there are certain products that bear that stamp, and mm-hmm. that is um, without going into too much detail on it. It's a set of outdoor ethics or principles. I think it's seven principles that they mm-hmm. list off, which just sort of covers the very basics of when you head into the outdoors, how you can do so and enjoy it yeah. and leave minimal minimal impact on the environment for for the environment but also for future campers who are going to be mm. in the same spot down the track. Totally. So, I mean, basically first things first, if you pack it in, you pack it out. If, if you had enough room to take it with you to begin with, you've got enough room to take it out. So there's not sort of really – an excuse in terms of that respect of not taking things out with you. Mm -hmm. I think possibly sometimes that mistake can occur when people, especially if they're going to paid sites or things like that, they're assuming that maybe there's a site caretaker or perhaps there's somebody that comes around and does a cleanup or does a rubbish collection and things like that, which isn't the case generally. Um, So yeah, if you, if you take, if you've got room to take it, you've got room to take it home with you. It's especially prevalent with station stays or, or properties where the owners have let people camp there. It might be mm-hmm. a spot near the river and they say we're allowing people to camp here. It's yep. semi-maintained, I suppose, but they're not allocating time to maintain it or making any promises. Those sort of places we're seeing closed down Absolutely. On, the, on the basis that those property owners are saying, if you can't look after it, I'm not going to let you in. To the property, that's so right. And the gates are shut, and literally in in a camping Facebook group that I'm in uh, online, there has been a post in the last month or so of um, one such privately owned property that's open for bush camping, and they have essentially made a post saying 
that they're considering closing because they're mm-hmm. feeling quite unsupported in general in in their attempts to offer this free slash low cost uh, bush camping place with people pulling fences out mm. um, of areas and driving in because they want to camp in these fenced areas. So they're just removing the fences and leaving rubbish and things like that. So, you know, that's one very recent example of a place mm-hmm. that will close down if people don't take better responsibility for themselves um and you know an experience i had earlier in the year was always available for you to free camp now council have closed it down for that exact same reason it's just trashed all the time and people don't respect it so your option to camp there is being completely removed and we're hearing stories like that pop up all the time or at least i am amongst friends and family in the broader community where camping options are, are slowly being reduced and limited because of just disrespect and and destruction to to the properties and the spaces. So yeah. it, it is really important. Um, I know I've put up on campsites on the side of the Murray and and just for lunch stops. I'm pretty sure it's a free campsite. Mm. There's quite a bit of that along the Murray paid stuff as well. And just you know rubbish quite obviously left in the middle of the campsite. It's not yeah. like it was accidentally left. There was a box of rubbish mm-hmm. in the middle of the campsite. So as you drove away, you could see it in your rearview mirror. You could see it if you did a final check of the campsite. So there was no yeah. no accident about it. I think even those campsites that are paid for and maintained, there are rubbish facilities there. But if you're able to take it home and put it in your rubbish bin at home, it saves more resources in that campsite or the, the resources council or whoever needs to put into the campsite. And it's yeah. going to kick camp fees down as well because they're not investing so much time in having to maintain it because the people who are using it are doing mm. most of the work anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. If the, and if the bin is there and it's overflowing, don't just dump it on the ground next no. to the bin. Like, that if you carried it in, real like frustrating. Said, carried in, carried carry out. Yeah, absolutely. So another really important part of it is planning ahead and being prepared so mm. that you can, you know, if if you are sort of focusing more on a zero waste, meaning that when you go away, there is little to no waste that you have to take with you anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really important. And it can then also obviously reduce your need to have to take your rubbish back out with you if you yep. don't really have any. And so by that you mean so when you when you're packing your food, have a look at the packaging you've got. Can you shed some of this packaging and put yep. it in the appropriate recycling mm-hmm. or, or waste before you leave? And yeah. when you're in the field, you've got less to, to worry about. That's or right. even if there's cardboard wrapping kind of thing, well, this can be kindling to start my fire or something like that later. So you're, yeah. you're using it, not dumping it or putting it just in trash where someone else has to deal with it. Yeah, so a absolutely. It's good there. Yeah, it is. And like preparing um, things like sort of preparing your food and planning for your food in advance because I think food waste is one of the largest con- like contributing mm-hmm. factors of rubbish. You can possibly prepare meals beforehand like pre-chop onions and carrots and things that you might need or um, even make a full meal like if you're going to make spag bog or something like that make it at home mm-hmm. and take a batch with you frozen in a tub or in a vaccine bag or something like that. Just yeah trying to plan it more so that you're not constantly having uh, you know, rolling output of food waste and packaging waste is is really helpful to sort of limiting the rubbish that you have to store. Yeah, planning for leftovers is good too. If you've yeah. got extra take, we've got some examples in front of us here, but these silicon containers are collapsible, so they mm-hmm. pack flat and then they pop out. And if you've got leftover pasta or bolognese or strog, whatever you've made, don't ditch it or whatever. Yeah. You've got containers, you can put it in, put it in the fridge and have it for lunch the next day. It saves you spending time making lunch. Yeah. But don't just throw that stuff sort of under a tree and think animals will eat it because it affects the ecosystem and it, if it doesn't get eaten, it sits there for the next person to have to look at when they're camping. Yeah, that's right. And food waste is something that I think people might look at and go, oh, you know, it's organic, it'll break down, it's sort of biodegradable. But 
for food to really actively break down well, it has to be composted well. Mm. It can't just be thrown on the ground or just, you know, buried below the dirt or whatever. And mm-hmm. and like you say, that can affect the local in- ecosystem and animals that are around and it can also become festy, like if especially if you're going to campsites that are regularly used. Imagine if everybody just left their food waste there. It would just it would stink. Do you yeah. know what I mean? You'd get flies and all sorts of horrible stuff. So, yeah, yeah planning well to reduce your food waste and your packaging waste is important absolutely um other samples we've got in front of us here i don't know if we're talking too early about this but uh, i wanted to point out this trash sack that we've got here as Mm -hmm. well where we say carry it out these are a really good option to help carry that waste out because you can put a plastic bag inside seal it all up so if it is in your car quite often Mm -hmm. i think people are worried about smelly rubbish in their car but bags like this a roll top bag seal that smell up so if you've yeah, got they're like waste. a dry sack or a, a like a stuff sack that's um, dry and waterproof, so there's no smells, no leaks, something like that. Yep, Even like up. your wheel bags and things on four wheel drives, people option. use them for you know your cans and your beer bottles and things, and don't throw them in the fire because as they much as burn. you think they're going to burn and they're not, they're just going to end up being rubbish in a fire pit. Ultimately, like tuna cans are yeah, usually cans, a common thing in like there. That. They just don't take them home. Go away. It's yeah. good to have like, you know, um, a couple of different options for a rubbish and recycling and things like that. So, mm. the, and even if you take it out, it's not like you necessarily have to take it the whole way home. You can just stop at your next stop in your town or your petrol station, yep. put it in the bin there. It doesn't have to be in the car the whole time. Yeah. And you've got more chance of trying to segregate it into recycling and waste if you go yeah. into a town as well, rather yeah. than just landfill. Absolutely. I think um, on a slightly different note, the other um, sort of principle of, of leave no trace is to just sort of leave, I always say footprints and tie marks. Mm-hmm. So um, you're not taking things off the ground like if you've found a heap of nice rocks. I mean, the kids kids do like to collect stuff. Yeah. I think a small amount is okay, but, but don't let them take an entire log or, or yeah. um, you know, in a marine environment too many of the shells and things, you're supposed yeah. to leave that there because it is part of the environment. If everyone took a heap of shells, there'd That's be no right. shells left. Yeah. And the same with That's the rocks. That's exactly so. right. And I think a lot of people possibly think about it in the context of, well, it's just a shell. But then in the context of if every single person who goes camping has that same attitude, then mm-hmm. it isn't just one shell. So it's sort of just being mindful of not only your own sort of individual impact, but the impact of the whole camping community yeah. um, and sort of making sure that you're, the choices that you're making are choices that you would hope other people make and that you're also possibly like leading by example for other fellow campers mm. and things like that as well. Nothing like pulling into a campsite that doesn't have footprints or tie marks in it. I know. It's like, like you're the first person ever to camp there. It feels so good. Like, <laughs> this is mine. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, another sort of, I think, a bugbear of mine, and it's relevant because I was away on the weekend and it was an issue for me, is toilet waste. Mm. Really, Sorry, that was a big moan there. Yeah, it was a big moan, <laughs> it's a, but it really gets my goat. So It's worse than food waste. It's Yeah, it's worse than food waste. I totally appreciate the whole concept of digging a hole. If you are going to dig a hole, though, I would really strongly recommend that you dig a very big, very large, dedicated toilet hole for the tr- the duration of your trip mm-hmm. and use that as your toilet and not essentially put gopher holes all over the <laughs> landscape that are filled with wet wipes or even, you know, apparently biodegradable toilet bags or things like that because this place that I went to on the weekend, I absolutely mm. love it. But just a quick sort of 20-minute walk into the bush around the campsite, 
easily 20 different sort of holes that you could see that have been half dug up by wildlife with like actual glad garbage bags that have been buried in there, which someone's obviously, you know, gone to the toilet in a bag and buried it, but not taken responsibility for it and not put it in a proper size Mm. hole. And then you've also got things like wet wipes just strewn across the landscape because if they're biodegradable on the packet and a wet wipe, that they're biodegradable in a septic system or in a toilet system. They're not biodegradable just in in dirt in the ground. And same thing with toilet paper. Toilet paper is just paper, but it's not biodegradable. It will get wet. It'll turn into cement. You know what I mean? Mm. Like just this gross toilet paper mash and it'll just stay there. It's like there are so many different options for safe, healthy and responsible toileting when you're in the bush and Mm -hmm. portable toilet options when there isn't toilet facilities provided for you. There's really no excuse to behave that way. Absolutely. I've always used, I, th- I think I know where you're talking about camping and there are toilets within probably 500 metres to a kilometre of most campsites. Mm-hmm. I've always used the premise with my kids, if we need number twos, we're getting in the car, we're going to drive to the toilet mm-hmm. and we're just going to use those facilities because they're there. Yeah. Number ones, you can use a tree away from water sources and stuff. Yeah. But, um, and just you know, like if you, if you, yeah, if you, you're going to do a wee, if you're a bloke, lucky you, if you're a, a child blokes, or a yeah. kid or, or whatever, or a woman, you can just use some toilet paper, throw it in the fire. If you've yeah. got a campfire, wash Absolutely. hands, then there's literally no waste. And that's, yep. you know, that's reasonable. But, um, yeah, even if you just, you can get portable toilets that are literally just a fold out frame and a toilet seat that you can put over a hole mm-hmm. and that can be your dedicated toilet. And then that way it's buried deep enough. Yep. You know, just dig one hole for the weekend. Just dig one hole. Yeah. And if you are going to use a, a, a toilet with a bag or anything in it, um, when you go to dispose of that, don't put the bag in a long drop toilet, just yeah. the contents, because that doesn't break down either. You need to yeah. go to a, I'm not sure where you'd actually you dispose can't of flush an actual in a bag. bag. It's, I'm not I, sure. I prefer uh, not to use maybe bags, would they go in the waste dump? I'm not 100% Probably. sure. But like to. places like um, Wiki Camps, they uh, and other resources will show you where mm. your local dump point is or closest sort of toileting dump ports and things like that yep. um, and give you the information for that. Because also with portable toilets like Dometic porta potties and, and things like that, um, they can't just be tipped down a toilet. They sort no, of can't just be tipped the down. They have to go into a proper a proper mm. RV slash caravan dump point. Because the chemicals in them will kill That's right. all the bacteria in the mm-hmm. long drop toilets, which are composting toilets. Yep. And when we complain about stinky toilets, that's probably because someone's dumped chemicals down there that have killed all that bacteria and it's yeah. not doing its job. So, exactly right. Yeah. I think also when you, we're sort of talking about gross sorts of waste <laughs> moving on from toilets though yep. dishwashing liquid and yeah. like gray water slash black wa- black water is not gray water is dishes and shower stuff isn't it black water is so. toilet stuff i'm not I sure i can't really remember what sort of gray water is here washing machine yeah. and, and showers and things of, like that it's dirty with a bit of dishwash liquid and, and mm-hmm. some food scraps and stuff in it yep. so and like again, I think we've all—I personally have—and I'm pretty sure we've all had an experience where you rock up to a campsite and someone's either used a caravan there or or what have you, and just right in the middle of the campsite is this boggy sort of muddy puddle that's this, been out yeah. of the previous camper's way, but it's got bits of food in it and or like grey fluffy stuff from washing laundry or showering. I don't know, and it's just gross. Yep. And there are flies there, and it's it's not clean water, and it. It really can't just be dumped on the ground. Yeah. Well, what do you do with it then? Because I've always thought you can – it's a bit like a caravan or a camper. They mm-hmm. have the sullage hose, right? If it yeah. was me, uh, considering future campers, I guess 
you try and spread it out a bit. Like if you're going to put it straight on the ground, leave it somewhere for one day yeah. and then move it so mm-hmm. that you're kind of spreading it out a little bit. Yeah. It's a bit hard to carry grey water with you, but I guess that part of that's preparation, isn't it, in not – Definitely not to wash up too much. Definitely stuff in the first preparation, place. and I think it's a bit different as well. If you're if you have dish washing water and you're using, you know, your Dawn or your standard kitchen sink chemical and things like that, it's a real. It's a bit hard for you to then just go and dump that water that is full of all of that chemicals mm. or even body wash from your shower and things like that just onto the ground. Whereas, uh, like I know we talk about Cedar Summit a lot, but Cedar Summit do a wilderness wash, which is mm. like a biodegradable wash that is friendly to use within certain. And distances of watercourse and it's it's like an all-purpose thing you can use it for your clothes you can use it for your dishes you can use it for your body and your hair like it's all-purpose wash so that's what we use mm-hmm. and I know that um, we generally and I don't know if it's best practice so if anybody out there has a better idea but generally we try to dig a hole and have sort of like a, a, a drainage hose from like the base of our shower for example mm-hmm. that goes down into the hole so that we can cover it up and we know that even though it's sort of a grey water it's not necessarily full of chemicals and then when we cover it up it's just flat surface of ground it's not boggy it's not muddy it's sort of been taken care of from that respect and nature can kind of take its course in with with filtration of that that water through the groundwater and everything that's right but um yeah i think preparation ahead and thinking let's try not to wash too much in the first place is a good option because i i tip mine out but i try and spread it a bit so it's not just one boggy mess. Like That's you right. Say. And sometimes with dishes as well, it I'll tr- I will sort of avoid doing a full load of dishes if I can get away with, um, like I buy some recycled paper towel, and if I can get away with just giving mm. stuff a wipe down with paper towel. And then you can use the paper towel in the fire or or mm. as sort of kindling or whatever like that to get it started. Then that is helpful. Yep. I find, and then you're not sort of a you're reducing how much water you need to carry, but b then you're reducing the amount of wastewater that you have if you're limiting when you do need to do yeah. your dishes. I think the limiting or reducing things a big key thing here because you are going to yeah. have to put your dish water somewhere. You're going to have to wash up. Like you need to be hygienic. Yeah, of course. But if everyone just thinks a little bit around how much they're just mm-hmm. tipping out, mm-hmm. it's a, it's going to make a difference for everyone. A huge difference. Yeah, yeah. I think um, we covered off on food scraps before as well, but I don't think we mentioned. The animal side of it. Oh, maybe oh we no, did we say, did. Yeah, we did, we did touch okay, on it just, a bit. Uh, if you've chucked food scraps down, you're feeding the local wildlife yeah. that food that's not their normal food. So that's right. it's a bit like feeding seagulls at the beach. You know, they yeah. they start to get an unhealthy diet of chips because they come back to this easy food source. So yeah, doing the same thing around a campsite. Totally. Yeah. And fires, um, you know, I'm always like, you definitely need a fire, no <laughs> questions asked, and you're not. Well, no, it's, oh, <laughs> it's a funny one. I'm going away <laughs> this weekend and I just asked you before the episode, do you know where I can grab some firewood on the way there? Mm. Um, so I will have a fire. Yeah. But I know there's a fire pit. Yeah. And I'm not going to be just having a bonfire. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Raw ground yeah. and I'll be respectful of the, of the fire pits. So. And like, yeah, considering whether or not, um, you need one is really important, I guess. Mm. And I mean, I would say yes, because most of my cooking's done on the fire. And of course, people love comfort fire. But like you say, if you're going to have a raging fire from morning till night and you bring your wood with you, you're not trying to take it from the landscape, things like that. And you're not sort of leaving this huge, big, heaving mm. fireplace thing. Smoldering mess. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'll um, have one. It's a comfort fire that I'll be having, but it's because I'm taking kids and I want them to yeah. have the experience of a bit of, you know, just jaffaline on the campfire and stuff. Yep. But marshmallows, yeah. you know, yeah, all that all sort of, of stuff. Things, yeah. I yeah. know you've got a campfire as part and parcel with camping, just yeah. with consideration. And like you said, if there is a fire pit 
there provided, especially in national parks and things like that, just use the fire pit. Yeah, so it's just one scar on the yeah. ground. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Um, uh, on fires, mm-hmm. um, try and use a gas stove if you can for mm-hmm. cooking. So uh, I guess if you can't, oh, it's good for summer, I suppose, use a mm-hmm. gas stove. But if you can use a gas stove, depending on what you're cooking, if you don't need a comfort fire, yeah. um, maybe you can use a gas stove to cook by. So that's minimising mm-hmm. the amount of times you might actually need a campfire. So I wouldn't have a campfire for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I'm going to have a campfire at night for a bit of cooking for warmth at night, mm-hmm. but breakfast and lunch, I'll just use a camp stove so I'm not I haven't continually got a fire burning. But that's just how I operate. And I think also when you are looking at camp stoves, there are some options which use like disposable propane canisters and, and um, mm. butane canisters and things like that. Maybe have a think about it and really consider your stove needs because obviously there are options like the stoves I just mentioned that do generate quite a lot of waste and do end up leaving you with exhausted gas canisters that you just mm-hmm. have to trash or throw in the bin or whatever. Um, and uh, I was actually reading recently REI in in the USA, they're having this huge problem with those uh, propane Disposable propane canisters That's a because box things you're talking about, isn't it? No, these are the they're sort of like a green cal. They're oh, not yeah. they're not the ones like a yep. hairspray can. They're the ones that are a bit heavier duty. They're like painted green. Um, no, they're four fifty something grams. Yeah, propane, something propane so, yeah, canisters. Not the ones propane That's right, ones. and yep. they're often the ones that people will take in place of a proper like LPG or swap and go or refillable gas bottle. Mm-hmm. But they can't be recycled they oh, can't really? whatever they're just wow. they're like a sink they can't be refilled either and there's just like this huge issue with um with places Place. in america and i i found out about that through um one of our snowy's customers actually who works with um uh, like clean up australia and okay. um you know keeping sa beautiful and and that mm. sort of stuff and he does a lot of volunteer cleanup work and has also talked about those propane canisters being becoming starting to become a really huge problem right. with campsites and because they're quite substantial, aren't they? And yeah. you can't just take them like they're stealing them, but you can't just take them to recycle them like normal steel. You've got to yeah. dispose of them in a safe way. So, yeah, I'm not, and yeah. and you know, with things like that, people have to you know maybe look on Red Cycle or go to a specific recycling mm. place. It's not as easy as just popping in your bin at home. So so people possibly don't like the the hassle or the extra mile that they have to go mm-hmm. to dispose of those responsibly. So even though, yes, they're convenient because they're lighter and, and all that sort of stuff, you can get refillable LPG gas bottles down to like 1.25 mm-hmm. kilo size. There's sort of, you know, if you are going to be camping regularly and you are realising that a lot of your fuel waste through stoves is, you know, high and you're yep. disposing of a lot of stuff, consider a gas bottle. Again. Consider a gas bottle. Yeah. Or liquid stove, liquid fuel. Or I've, liquid I've fuel moved stove. to liquid fuel recently. Yeah. I'm, I think I'm converted. I've yeah. just started using it. But, yeah, don't have to worry about gas bottles. Yeah. You get containers, obviously, of liquid fuel, but mm-hmm. it tends to last quite yeah, a yeah. while. So, yeah. yeah, less waste. And don't have to carry empty fuel containers, fuel canisters out afterwards. So. Yeah. Um, one other thing I mentioned on fire pits too, if you are having a fire and you're concerned about leaving a scar on the ground, fire pits, like the, the actual fire ones. pit in terms of the portable ones are a good option yeah, there because are. it just lifts it off the ground. Mm-hmm. You will get ash on the ground, but you can spread it out a little bit and you're not creating this sort of hot kind of environment on the yeah, ground. definitely. Um, we should summarise yeah. on things. Um, so pick up your rubbish. Yes. And if you see other rubbish, just pick a little bit of that up as well. If everyone p- takes their own rubbish yep. and picks up other stuff they leave lying around because – 
we'd be naive to say none of us have had a piece of rubbish blow away in the wind across the campsite. We can't yeah. find it. Mm-hmm. That happens. But if we all pick up those things when we see them, it keeps yep. things cleaner. Um, so you pick it up even if it's not yours. Zero waste camping. We didn't really talk on that, but the premise of that is. Well, I guess we touched a little bit on it with, you know, planning and preparing and and zero waste is is coming from the angle of when you go camping, you know that throughout the course of your trip you won't be generating any waste. There mm-hmm. won't be anything for you to bring back necessarily from a rubbish perspective because you've planned and prepared. So things like using reusable tubs or, you, you know, on the weekend when I went away, we got some barbecue meat and things like that, but I put it all in tubs. In the, free- in the freezer instead of taking it on the trays. So I didn't have, you know, Glad Wrap or, or mm-hmm. waste or butcher paper or, or any of the stuff that would come with it when you buy it um, because you've prepared that way and therefore you've been able to take care of your rubbish and your mess at home before you even go. So yeah, that, that sort of principle of things, I think. You're just not carting rubbish around. Not carting yeah. rubbish around. Yeah. The last one we should mention too is that you could get involved in uh, certain organisations. I know there's some people in the office who know, um, in our office here at Snowy's who know, yep. People who are involved in, um, I forget the name of, of a cleanup. Um, I think they're a Facebook group or a Cleanup Australia type group where mm-hmm. they're just actively out there cleaning up campsites yeah. and, and destinations in the outdoors in Australia. So yeah. if you want to do more, jump on and just be involved in that. Definitely. And, you know, every little bit helps. You don't it have does. to give your life away to it. But And like that Leave involved, No Trace um, organisation, you can jump online and have a read through, get some inspiration and hot tips from that in terms of how you can reduce your overall impact when you are camping and outdoors um, and doing some zero-waste stuff through that as well. Yeah, um, Outback Cleanups Australia. That's that was it. the one that I was thinking Yeah, that's of. the one yeah. for sure. Yep, so jump mm. on there. I think, uh, I hope that gives people a good idea, particularly the new campers yep. or when they're out there going, well, what do I do with my waste? What do I do with my toileting habits? What do I do with my food scraps? Yep. Just have a think about it. Hopefully that gives you something to, to sort of consider moving mm. forward. But Absolutely. most of all, keep enjoying it. Don't Absolutely. Yeah. That's all we have today. Thanks for joining us again on the Snowy's Camping Show. If you've got any questions, jump on our Facebook group. If you haven't already joined, ask to join on the Snowy's Camping Show. Ask us any questions you want. We'll answer them for you. And as Lauren mentioned earlier, make sure you subscribe either via YouTube, your favorite podcast app, or there was a third one. Oh, I was going to, that's the Facebook group, the third one, which I've already mentioned, but we won't repeat ourselves again. Yeah. That's all we have. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you next time. Catch you later, folks. See ya.